Good morning. This is David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. Whoa, it's 9.17 a.m., the 25th of November, 2019. That means Thursday is coming up, and Thursday for all us Americans means Turkey Day. That's when we're going to gather around the table, shill Bitcoin, and do all the other things that result in extreme embarrassment the year later when you have to face these people. Uh, It doesn't really, really, really matter, man. This is episode 168 of Bitcoin, and I feel good. Ah! I feel good. Did you see the price of Bitcoin, man? And just like that, it all goes to shit. If you're one of these people that are going to let that kind of thing happen to you, then you might as well go ahead and sell everything you got. Punch the hell out now because I don't think I don't think you're built for this. I really don't. This is like the heady old days that I was, I'm just reminded of the heady days of like extreme swings. Oh my God. It's like, oh, for months we were lulled into this soft sideways action and we hadn't really felt this way for a while. So again, if you, for whatever reason, are getting all sad, don't. Or if you just can't help yourself, like I said, man, sell all your shit punch out now. This is not for you. Or it is for you, but it's just not the right time for you, if that makes any sense. Okay. Now, with all that over, let's get into something here. Um, I'm going to try to make these this show, because we are getting into the holidays, uh, I'm going to start making these shows shorter. I'm going to try. Uh, but I also kind of want to, you know, throughout the holidays, make them a little bit uh, uh, more in frequency. Like I want to do a, a short one tomorrow. So there's, I'm going to change some stuff up. I just need you to just bear with me, okay? Bear with me. Just let me let me do my thing, and and I promise you, I will deliver, you know, some some uh, as quality stuff as that that I can give you. Uh, but do remember uh, keep or keep this in mind. I am going to be gone pretty much for a good portion of December. Um, and I, I just, I don't know if there's anything that I'm going to be able to post up. Don't leave me. Come on guys, man. I'm going to need, like, I need a vacation, bro. I need one. So it, anyway, if, you, if, if there's no episodes over the Christmas break, don't bail on me, man. Okay. Try my best, but I'm going to be in a place that's got like 
really bad internet connection. And the only way that I'd be able to go anywhere is to drive 30 freaking miles to get the, you know, to get the thing uploaded. And that's, you know, I, I'm there for Christmas, man. I'm, I'm going to be in Colorado and in the middle of the freaking mountains. Hopefully it snows all over our ass. Anyway, just, I wanted to let you guys know that, uh, to be aware, but throughout, uh, Thanksgiving, I'm going to try to do my best and, and, have a little bit different of a format for now. And, and you never know, I'm, I may stick with it, it but we're just going to give this a shot. Okay. The first thing that I want to do is I am going to do community news right now. And I'm going to talk a little bit about one thing only, and that's give Bitcoin, give Bitcoin.io G I V E B I T C O I N.io Bitcoin.io is now live. Okay. I, I think it's possible that it's, it's actually in beta, but give Bitcoin now has a website. They've got all the, the, the stuff and the, the bells and the whistles to be able to do the thing that give Bitcoin does. I've talked about give Bitcoin at least once, but now that it's live, I, I, or at least in beta, I think that I should spend some time going through a little bit more of what give Bitcoin is. So again, I'm going to rehash the three major points that they have on their website. The thoughtful gift of better money. The gift that people want, most want, sorry. The gift that people most want to receive is either something thoughtful or money. With Bitcoin, you can give both. Two, we handle the legal, our easy account sign up, make sure your Bitcoin gift is 100% owned and controlled by the recipient. Three, creating hodlers. Create new hodlers by locking your give Bitcoin gifts for a set time period. Now, that's the deal. That's the thing that I find very, very interesting about it. So I, I, I go through this thing, um, and I, I'm going to give you kind of like, a, a, like a, what I'm looking at. There is two different, there's two different oh, I, points of the, or prongs of the fork, so to speak. There is a way to give Bitcoin and then there's a way to request Bitcoin. So if I go through the, so up like, you know, kind of at the top, there's a give and a request. And so if I click give, it gives me a big blue button that says give Bitcoin. So if I click that, it's, it has two things. Who do you want to give Bitcoin to? And then there's a, <clears throat> there's a, a box that you can enter in somebody's uh, email or their give Bitcoin username. Now, so I, I haven't done it yet. I'm in the, in the middle of doing it. I had a little, little bit of a snafu when I first start, started to try this. <clears throat> but so you can actually just give somebody Bitcoin through their email. Now, that's clearly there. There's some things about that that we'll get into. But and then you can add a personal note. So I, if I go through that, I get to a point where I can select how much I want to give how much I lo- how much time I lock it up for, um, and again, that's the biggest part about this give Bitcoin thing is that I can give like I don't know, give my sister uh, fifty bucks in Bitcoin or something like that. I can set it to where she can't touch it until a year or five years or some set time period in between. In at during which time. Bitcoin education starts to come online for, for my sister. Now, this is where I'm not, this is where I'm not real sure exactly how it works. 
Um, but I have been able to, to get a hold of a little bit of their slide deck that I want to share with you about some of those particular issues. So let me bring that up now. Now, one of these slides that I'm talking about here has the heading, without the right guidance, most people miss out on the opportunity to become Bitcoiners. <clears throat> it can take years of undirected study to understand Bitcoin well enough to want to store meaningful value in it. Securely storing Bitcoins requires Bitcoin-specific technical knowledge. New token projects, scammers, and sketchy media outlets constantly attempt to distract with the next Bitcoin. All right, so on this other slide, they kind of go in, they kind of like, you know, uh, start talking a little bit more about what they're doing. So specifically, they give, you can give Bitcoin easily in just a few clicks and know they will receive it safely. Time lock your gifts so recipients become hodlers right out of the gate. Feel secure in knowing your new coiner receives carefully crafted Bitcoin education and training so they can become real Bitcoiners by the time their gift unlocks. So this next slide basically says there, there's, and, and they're not wrong about this, but they have seven stages of Bitcoining. And one is interest peaked. Two is learning, three is buying, four is hodling, five is understanding private keys, six is understanding cold storage, seven is full node and private transactions. And when you're getting up into the seventh stage, dude, I mean, by the private keys, cold storage and full node private transactions, that's where we're at. My sister is like not there. She's, she's, and she's not going to be there for a while. So, this particular the particular slide I'm looking at basically skips an, all the way to step four of hodling. So with a couple of clicks, I can give my sister Bitcoin and she's an instant hodler. And at that point, we need to start talking about education. So it would appear that after I give my sister Bitcoin via email, she will get an email message and it will take her to a page that says that she has been gifted some amount of Bitcoin, and then there's a button to accept your Bitcoin. So in this particular slide out of the slide deck, it says recipients are led through a simple onboarding flow to re receive their gift safely. Now, this is the one I'm most interested in, uh, other than the time lock. The time lock is critical. This is the other piece of critical. We follow up with education and training designed to create full-fledged Bitcoiners. All right, so... And this is exactly where it is that I don't think it's as fleshed out as I want it to be, but dude, these guys are brand new. So it, it, when I was, when I had first, you know, this company is brand new, so I don't expect them to have, you know, presentation materials and everything that, that to just drop on the world and say, this is exactly what we're doing. Here's exactly the training materials. This is exactly the, the stages that you go through that I do want to know about. And I have been, uh, uh, I have been reached by uh, some of the guys at, at, or one of the guys that give Bitcoin um, about the possibility of coming on the pod. If they do, it would be my very first interview, but I'm, my interest in this is really peaked. Um, how do you, we're barely, I hate to stumble over this so bad, but when I'm thinking about where it is that I came from, what I knew about Bitcoin, you know, when I first got in versus what I had to go through to learn what I know now, and also understanding that I know maybe one one hundredth of 
what it real the the amount of information that's actually available probably more like one one thousandth or ten thousandth to take my sister through that to understand get her to understand what it is that I understand years literal years and it's ongoing and it's never going to stop because everybody's like there there's more they just released the uh, the core just released version zero point one nine. Things are changing all the time and keeping up with it really, really sucks. This type of service, I think if they do it right, and that's what I want to find find out more about. Specifically, I want to find more about what training materials, what is the progression of training? Because it's they don't really talk about it that much in the slide deck as much as I want it to be talked about. But if it is what I think it is, then this is a great way Instead of shilling, you know, instead of shilling Bitcoin at the at the dinner table around Thanksgiving or Christmas or birthdays or whatever, maybe just send them some, and then you know it's they're not going to lose the keys for a, you know for a year, and and let's go ahead and say it is it custodial? Yeah, yeah, it's going to be custodial, and that's going to be fine. If you're sending somebody four thousand bucks in Bitcoin, you may want to rethink it. But if you're sending somebody 40, 50, 100 bucks, I, you know, it's to me, it's kind of worth it, which is what I'm going to be doing for my sister, because I really want to see. Actually, I'll probably send 20 bucks to my other uh, email, one of my other email accounts, just so that I can go through it myself. And then I'm going to send some, like another 20 or 40 or 50 bucks to my sister um, and and see see what you know, what happens. Worst case scenario I, I lose both and I'm out a hundred bucks. Whoop-de-doo. But I mean, it, the, the, the way this seems to be working, it looks very cool. If you, I mean, you don't have to do it, but I'm just saying, um, that these guys are worth a look at. So give Bitcoin.io, just go take a look, send. Oh, oh, I do need to say this. They are going to take 2% in fees. Fee, I've got fees in, in air quotes here. So if I give, you know, 10 bucks, I'm going to pay them 12. And that's they're, what they're saying is that that's for storage. Yeah. Transaction, the time lock, the custody for one to five years and education. Okay. So they're going to take a fee. They've got to pay bills. What are you going to do, man? It's like not everything can be free all the time. Right. So, and, and they do, like in, in the slide that I'm looking at right now is like, they're upfront about it. We make money from transaction fees, accompanying gifts and lead generation. At least they're honest about it. Okay. I mean, they're not covering it up. So like I said, give Bitcoin.io should be something that you, you should go look at at least, especially if you, if, if you're tired of shilling Bitcoin at the damn dinner table, this is another way to do it. You just give it to them. And see what happens. See if you can turn them into somebody who knows a little bit about Bitcoin because it doesn't take much. There's, there's that, that little push over the cliff that you need. And I think this will actually help. Again, I'll think about doing uh, an interview with the guys that give Bitcoin because I really want them to flesh out exactly the education, the roadmap of the education, what the materials in the education are, how they're presented, all of that. I want to know 
all of that. So if that happens, I will let you guys know. And, you know, and if it does happen, it'll be my first interview. So go, go easy on me. Another change that I'm trying out is we're going to do vitals like right now instead of at the end of the news. So Bitcoin is at that insanely low price of 7,194. We have, it looks like it's going to be, it looks like the high is going to be over at Coinbase Pro at 7,200. No, it's at hit BTC at 7,229. And it looks like it looks like uh, the 194 actually is the low, so n- real tight trading range. Only 272,000 Bitcoin have been sent over the last, or transactions, sorry, 272,000 transactions have been made in the last 24 hours, which puts us at about 11,300 transactions per hour on average. But one mil- over 1 million BTC have been sent in the last 24 hours, with about 45,500 BTC being sent per hour. 4 BTC is the average transaction value, and 0.022 BTC uh, is the median transaction value, and that's about 161 bucks. Block times are high at 10 minutes 50 seconds. I wonder why. Uh, 0.18 BTC have been taken in in, uh, fees on a per block basis, and 23 BTC have been taken in fees overall in the last 24 hours. We've had an extreme drop of hash rate. I wonder why. So a 20% drop brings us back to 85. Now I'm going to pause right there because I do want to say that when I was looking at this, I was looking at this over the weekend, um, and we had one of the, you know, three, you know, one of the three dumps or four, I can't even count how many dumps we've had in the last few days, but we had like 108 exahashes per second after a thousand, you know, you know, a thousand drop and that thousand dollar drop had been, you know, around for a while. So bitinfocharts.com, either they're the slowest updater in the world. And that's not actually true because I, I know how they update. Um, or, somebody was, you know, mining the living crap out of Bitcoin. And I don't know, it was weird. But now we have obviously a 20% drop. We're at 85 exahashes per second, which is still really high when you get right down to the history of it. And we have a GitHub commit. The last one was this morning. So apparently the developers don't really care about price. They keep doing stuff, even though price. Anyway, so Ethereum is at 148 Bcash is at 213, Litecoin is at 47.5, BSV is at 106, Ethereum Classic is at 3.9, Dogecoin, ooh, God, poor Doge got crushed, 0.0024, 25,000 transactions in the last 24 hours for Doge uh, is still walking all over only Litecoin, that's too bad, I wish it would walk over all the rest of them like they used to, like yeah, like it used to. Mempool is pretty pretty deep, man. We we are 15 blocks in, and mempool.space is showing 25,700 unconfirmed transactions. All the blocks are over one megabyte, but last night when I was looking at it, uh, it was a ghost town. And at, God, it was a ghost town of transactions. So again, you can never win. Either the mempool is too crowded and high fees or... 
nobody's using it. It's a ghost town. So either way, Bitcoin's dead. And we all know that that's not true. Lightning statistics. We have 10,572 no lightning nodes that we can see that represents a 2.85% increase in a month over month average <clears throat> network capacity is at 832 BTC or about $5.9 million us. We have a drop in the amount of new nodes coming online. We have a 10% drop. Uh, we have nine new nodes coming online and that represents a 10% drop on a day over day basis. And the number of new channels has also dropped by 10%, which is we only have 96 new channels. And yeah, that's a 10% on a day-over-day basis. So there's your vitals. Now I'm going to put the song of the day here right after vitals just because that's, you know, that's not, I, I don't see a reason to change that. This particular song is absolutely perfect for trying all those people, all the journalists and all the people that are trying to, you know, get us to understand why the price has dropped and why Bitcoin is going to die. Hell, I've seen two articles out of Forbes that are, you know, like, I think they're going to be obituary, Bitcoin obituaries number 372 and 373 or something like that. But everybody's trying to explain all of this stuff and nobody knows nothing.
do the morning roundup, shall we? The first thing up on my list here is from the Bitcoinist.com. This is Christine Vasileva writing sometime this morning. And the article's name is Bitcoin Protocol Receives Upgrade. Pronounced nuclear warproof. <laughs> probably a little over the top, guys. Oh, uh, Bitcoin Core released the newest version of the protocol 0.19.0. Point one, the move was seen as a strong sign BTC kept evolving despite the recent rapid price crashes. The biggest change in the new version for regular users is that the wallets using it will provide BEC32 addresses by default. This means the default use would be SegWit, thank God, a tool to lighten the transaction load. Users can choose to toggle the address to a regular type. The new version offers small but important changes for miners and testers, suggesting that the Bitcoin core team is not giving up on the coin. Uh, uh, guys, watch, watch your language usage. Words mean stuff. The release arrived at a time when BTC prices showed a strong recovery potential rising again above 7,000 as the sell-off stopped. The launch of the new version also raised the question of BTC censorship. According to Nick Zabo, the Bitcoin protocol and Ledger are rather secure in the case of even a nuclear war. And they've got a, a tweet from Nick and it says, a digital currency that would survive a nuclear war. The full Bitcoin transaction history all the way back to the Genesis block exists in over 9,000 copies located in over 90 countries. And that's just counting the copies running live. Okay. All right. I wish he would have included the amount of continents because that's kind of important too. The Bitcoin network is indeed supported by more than 9,300 nodes. However, there were skeptics which saw the statement as not entirely true. The U.S. and China still host the most nodes, and there is not much distribution beyond leading industrialized countries. Claims were made on BTC nodes running through Tor and not being visible to the usual network explorers. There is also at least one node on a satellite in space. The importance of nodes is significant as node silencing and censorship is a possibility. So far, BTC has enough nodes to secure against double spending. The entire size of the distributed ledger is now above 260 gigabytes, a significant load, though still accessible to anyone dedicated enough to run the node. Miners are also highly active, recently boosting the hash rate to above 106 exahashes once again, with a few, with few signs of capitulation. BTC supporters remain confident in the coin's long-term influence despite short-term price movements. Recently, GitHub brought some of its repositories to the Arctic Vault in Svalbard, including the Bitcoin Core code, or at least the previous version. This code repository is also one of the ways in which Bitcoin's protocol is protected against a nuclear war. And as a running joke, Bruce Weiner has predicted Bitcoin's blockchain would be calculated by monks by hand and distributed by pigeons. I don't know why that entire last uh, paragraph is in there. Absolutely not, you know, not relevant to the story. It is interesting that it is true that GitHub brought a lot of open source projects to that vault, which is, I don't know, like 400, 500 feet below the permafrost up in the, you know, above the, I don't know, whatever parallel that makes it damn cold. <clears throat> and that, so that is true. And that actually is cool. And from what I've, what, from what the GitHub, there's a GitHub released a video about it. And in that video, they said that next year after, you know, I guess this, their version of the spring thaw, GitHub supposedly by their own words said, they're going to bring every single repository 
on GitHub that they have and put it on this uh, silver, was it silver nitrate film that's supposed to be good in the cold and low oxygen environment for something like a thousand years. I don't know. We'll see if they do it or not. Still pretty damn cool. Also, I think that I'm not sure if it's true that there's actually a node on a satellite. Now, if I'm wrong, somebody please correct the living crap out of me. But from my understanding, Blockstream has rented bandwidth on satellites, hasn't ever launched their own satellite, which means that they've never built their own satellite. So I'm not sure if it's actually true that a node is running on the satellite, but whatever. People get stuff wrong all the time, as we have seen with the whole block crypto fiasco. Good God almighty. And no, I'm not going to touch on that again. Colin Harper is writing for Bitcoin Magazine uh, this morning. Fold app emerges from beta, adds Delta, Dominoes, and others for sats back rewards. Nice. Fold is officially out of beta and has added a handful of new merchants and services just in time for Black Friday. The sats back app, which leverages the Lightning Network, announced today, November the 25th, 2019, that it is now available for all iOS and Android users. Previously, it was only open to select users who requested access to the private beta. Out of 11,000 requests, Fold CEO Will Reeves told Bitcoin Magazine that 3,000 users were permitted to test out the beta. These initial users spent over a quarter of a million dollars through the app for a total of $20,000 in Bitcoin back rewards. Now, the application is open to everyone. Quote, we intend to become one of the top on-ramps for new users into Bitcoin. Being the most accessible and rewarding way to gain first exposure to Bitcoin, we hope to educate and navigate them about how to use it, save it, and share it with friends and family, Reeves told us, sharing his aspirations for the company. Fold works a lot like cashback cash giants eBay. Good Lord, sorry, cashback giant Ebates. Except for Fold, you receive Satoshis, not dollars, back each time you shop at one of its participating merchants with credit gift cards you purchase through the app. You can pay for the gift cards with Bitcoin or credit or debit cards if you'd prefer to hodl. Once you receive your reward, you can keep it in your account, spend it on your next full purchase, or withdraw it to an external wallet. Since you are buying store credit through Fold, the transaction on the merchant's end isn't subject to the chargeback and fees that credit cards bring. These savings are kicked back to the end users, Reeves told us. This is primary, primarily where Fold differs from other Bitcoin-backed programs like Lolly or Pay. These two are affiliate programs that reward you for shopping, while Fold takes part in prepaid programs to provide a payment rail and rewards. Quote, the relationship with each brand and merchant, however, is much the same as an affiliate. Permission to use and market the program, however, is not an official partnership as some companies try to portray, Reeves said. Per the announcement, Fold has added Domino's, Delta Airlines, Gap, and Old Navy as participating brands. French beauty store Sephora is also newly available. God, don't tell my wife. <clears throat> So if you were looking to do some Christmas shopping this Black Friday, now might be the time. Speaking of that hellish scramble for day after Thanksgiving deals, Fold is also boosting its sats back award or offerings this Friday. It's offering 5% rewards on all its new brands and for Target and Amazon shoppers who purchase their gift certificates with credit cards. As Fold ships out of beta with 2.5 million in fresh funding under its sales, 
Reeves believes that Fold, with its lightning-facing payment rail and rewards program, will be a key to Bitcoin's growth going forward. Quote, we are not only bringing Bitcoin to payments and rewards, but also the value that underpins Bitcoin as well, creating a better way to pay, one that keeps your data safe and your sats stacked. And I, I was listening to a, uh, I was listening to Will. I can't remember. I, he was probably talking to Marty Bip on Tales from the Crypt or something like that. Um, they were talking about, yeah, it was, it was Tales from the Crypt. If you had, uh, if you haven't uh, heard that that pod, it's really good. The one with Will Reeves from Fold. He was talking about some really creepy, you know, uh, data usages from your uh, credit card uh, purchases. And I'm not going to get into it now because that's, you know, I want you to go listen to the, to the pod, but uh, the amount of data, every swipe that you make of your credit card, that data is collated, harvested, sold, bought, resold, packaged with other data points. It's, it, it's bad. It's really, really bad. The great thing about a gift card is that it essentially destroys the link between somebody being able to figure out what you bought, when you bought it, where you bought it at. The only thing that they can see is that you bought an Amazon card. They, so they know you're going to buy stuff on Amazon, maybe, because you could trade that card and, and you know for something else. That's a whole other weird use case. But if you, I mean, that's about all that they would know. Yeah, bought an Amazon card on this day at this place. Everything you buy with that Amazon card is blind except to Amazon. In this particular case, this kind of goes a little bit further because at this point, it's like, if I get this right, it's somebody from the credit card company can tell you bought an Amazon card and then use that Amazon card or like, let's say Target, use that Target card on the Fold app and all of a sudden, now it's really blind. They don't know anything about anything. So like Target, I don't like, I'm I'm pretty sure that Target would not know what you bought at Target with their own damn card because it flowed through Fold. So if I'm wrong about that, please correct me. But if that is true, if I got that right, that's a powerful masking tool. And so that that would be like a secondary use case of using these types of things is to finally take back your fricking privacy. Nobody needs to know that I bought a really terrible movie at Target and they don't need to know that I did it on Saturday. They don't need to know I did it at 1.01 p.m. And they also don't need to know that I bought a giant slushy because my God, look what he's doing to his pancreas. I'm serious. Listen to the TFTC uh, uh, podcast with uh, Will and, underst- and and get to that part where he's talking about where these things are, the, the, data that's, uh, the data per swipe is being used against you. If somebody can tell I'm eating a lot of sugar and I get diabetes, what happens if my insurance company pulls that data and says, well, you did it to yourself, pal. You're not getting, you're not getting treatment. That shit, be, be aware. That is all, that is not only on the horizon, it is here. It's just on the horizon for a lot of the rest of us. So just be aware, take back your privacy at all costs. <clears throat> New Siberian Bitcoin mining farm is Russia's largest. This is also Christine Vasileva writing for The Bitcoinist, and she's doing this yesterday. 
Oh, Bit River, the newly launched mining farm in Siberia, Siberia is now Russia's largest Bitcoin BTC mining facility. Mining billionaire Oleg Deripaska's venture is already attracting large-scale clients, reports Bloomberg. <clears throat> Deripaska has combined BTC mining in a data center with one of the largest Soviet-era aluminum plants. The power-hungry business of running a data center transformed the former industrial city of Bratsk into one of the largest post-Soviet data centers. Russia is a hotspot of crypto activity, supplying both developers and amateur miners. But Bitcoin mining on an industrial scale is lagged behind China, where some of the world's most active farms are located. The mining farm is built in partnership with local energy company EN Plus and uses local sources of hydroelectric power. Mining BTC is potentially one of the best uses of excess hydroelectric power, ensuring the producer will be able to sell all of its production with no nighttime drops in demand. BitRiver itself is not a dedicated miner or a Bitcoin mining pool. Instead, the company just hires out support services as well as providing reliable access to cheap electricity. EN Plus supplies up to 100 megawatts per year to the Bratsk aluminum plant, allowing for BTC mining to happen on an industrial scale. The entire Bitcoin network consumes more than 73 terawatts per year, making BitRiver still a relatively small mining farm. The Bratsk hydroelectric plant produces a total of above 2.2. or sorry, 222.5. 22.5 terawatts per hour of electricity per year used for other industrial purposes, but could, in theory, supply a much larger Bitcoin mining facility. The exact hash rate of the farm is unknown, but reports have shown BitRiver is used by clients from the U.S., Japan, and China. The Bitcoin network hash rate has shot up to above 106 exahashes per second, very close to previously clocked peak levels. Mining has seen slow days, but ahead of the of the halvening, more large pools attempt to maximize their rewards. Even at prices around 7,200 BTC, rewards remain attractive, and miners have all, also have the possibility to hedge their risk on the Bitcoin futures market as well as the upcoming options market. The Russian Federation hosts 243 BTC nodes and is among the top 10 countries with most Bitcoin mining nodes in the world. This level of adoption also points to local demand for digital assets. The Russian government has spoken warnings against mining, especially using residential electricity grids. But Deripaska has managed to start a new business on a global scale despite waiting for U.S. sanctions to lift. No kidding, man. Okay, so this next one is an older article. It was November the 21st, and I skipped it on Friday's show or whatever. Yeah, I skipped uh, uh, skipped it on Friday's show. This is Jimmy Aki writing for Bitcoin Magazine. Compute North announces Nebraska co-location center with, for Bitcoin mining. So this is kind of, it goes hand in hand with the Russian news. Compute North, a data infrastructure and co-location company based in the United States, has announced that its largest location is now live in Nebraska, corn-fed. The new facility offers 100 megawatts of power and is targeted at large capacity users such as cryptocurrency miners. Quote, the facility is set up to accommodate large capacity users with over 100 or sorry, one megawatts of requirements by delivering accessible, affordable, reliable and secure co-location to people from all over the globe, according to a press release shared with Bitcoin magazine. 
The combination of power and connectivity with the low energy cost of the site makes it capable of efficiently handling blockchain, machine learning, crypto mining, and more. Compute North's new co-location center is located at the town of Kearney, Nebraska, and it will be the third facility owned and operated by the firm. Its others are located in Texas and South Dakota. News of this new campus first broke in June of 2019 when the company reportedly agreed with the city of Kearney and the Economic Development Council of Buffalo County to commit about $7.65 million to the project. According to the release, Compute North will leverage Nebraska's relatively low energy cost, which currently stand at 0.1004 per kilowatt hour, 0. Basically, basically, it's a dime, like, you know, 10 cents per kilowatt hour to provide reliable co-location equipment, space bandwidth and or potential power, sorry, power rental for people around the world. Compute North hosts and distributes cryptocurrency mining equipment from the likes of Bitmain, What's Miner, Canaan and more. Quote, our new Nebraska hosting site is ready or already more than two thirds committed and is continuing to ramp up quickly. We are very excited to be a part of the Kearney community as we continue to deliver scalable, fast deployment data center solutions that help organizations drive maximum ROI, says Compute North CEO Dave Peril. The co-location mining center is the latest boost for America as the growing market for Bitcoin mining operators. Though the sector has long been dominated by China due to its access to cheap electricity and affordable mining hardware, the United States is establishing its fair share of Bitcoin mining centers, as are other locations around the world. In October of 2019, Texas, for instance, welcomed an influx of investment from the mining industry. Bitmain opened up a five or sorry, 50 megawatt mining center in the state and cryptocurrency infrastructure platform Layer One secured $50 million in funding to build mining gear and run its operation in West Texas. In November of 2019, Winestone US Incorporated and Northern Bitcoin AG announced their intention to set up a one gigawatt gigawatt <laughs> sorry thinking of the movie and that craig wright friend guy sorry one gigawatt bitcoin mining farm in louisiana which they claim would be the largest bitcoin mining facility worldwide so with all the recent china hair pulling and ass chewing and price dropping stuff i'm i'm more i'm more than welcome I more than welcome Bitcoin to just basically leave China. The problem is, is that some of the Chinese people need Bitcoin more than Bitcoin needs China. Just saying. Um, now I've got two here, but I'm not going to read them. I'm just going to talk about them a little bit. One of the largest potentially use cases for uh, Bitcoin and the lightning network is the area of video gaming. Um, it's, I'm surprised it's taken as long as it has to gain the scant amount of traction that it has, but it is going to happen. The problem is, is like every other thing that we've seen with Bitcoin, shit coinery abounds and gaming is not going to be any different. So just be aware it's shit coining is, I, I wish it would stop, but guys, it's not going to, it would just, it's it's like having to leave, it's like a dog having to live with fleas and ticks or humans who want to go camping in a nice little place, but it's summertime and they're getting bit by mosquitoes and whatever and kids getting lice. Okay, that's what shit coins are. Lice, fleas, flea beetles, 
things that eat vegetables, pests. That's what they are. They're pests. And like the planet Earth, we're not going to be able to get rid of the pests. There's always going to be blood suckers out there. And they also happen to be in here. Connor Blankensop is writing for Cointelegraph sometime this morning. Crypto fans often clash on Twitter. Now they can battle in a game. Mm-hmm. Whether a player is Bitcoin versus Bitcoin Cash, Ethereum versus EOS, or EOS versus Tron, Chain Clash, that's the name of the game, Chain Clash, hopes to create an engaging environment where clans of crypto fans can battle it out in 3D fights. Avatars represent the numbers of the members of each clan, and they can either have a human or an android appearance. Influencers like celebrities Brock Pierce, Roger Ver, and Crystal Rose, I don't know who the hell that is, are also getting on board, tasked with representing the cryptocurrencies and communities they're passionate about and fighting to give them an upper hand. That's where I stop reading this. I, this is it, and it's not, no offense to Connor. Connor's just writing the damn thing, but. Dude, no, no, this is, this is stupid. I'm sorry, but you know what's even more stupid or actually just as stupid? Marie Juliet's writing for Cointelegraph also this morning. Formula One branded blockchain game to auction digital race car tokens. Blockchain game F1 Delta Time, licensed by the world-renowned racing series Formula One, is holding an auction of F1 car-branded non-fungible tokens later this week. According to an announcement on November the 22nd, the auction will be held on November the 28th, with fans already able to participate in a live contest to compete for various related prizes. As previously reported, F1 purportedly draws 1.6 billion television viewers across over 180 territories and engages 506 million fans worldwide. I'm stopping there. I'm continuing with my own. 506 million fans will be exposed to shitcoins. Education is clearly, we're, we're clearly going to need to engage in a lot more education about this because these people are going to get wrecked, no pun intended. However, I am going to end the morning roundup here. And when I said wrecked, I don't have a daily train wrecked for you guys. Sorry, that would be next, but sadly it's not. Let's just, Have a nice joke, shall we? All right. This is brought to you as usual by at dad says jokes, probably the best place on the internet to get your bad joke fix. I remember when I was trying to figure out how to do this segment and try to get content for it. Man, I had exhausted every single thing that I found on the internet, like, you know, Googling for 50 worst jokes, all that kind of stuff. I finally ran across at Dad Says Jokes, and it's just a, it's like a stream of consciousness of things like this. My wife told me to take the spider out instead of killing him. Went out, had a few drinks. Nice guy. He's a web designer. See what I mean? That was actually a different kind of a different style of bad joke. I'm not, I can't, and I can't put my finger on exactly why, but it's not important. At least it's funny. And God knows we need to start off the week with a laugh after the crap we went through on, on over the weekend. Yeah, we're going to need that laugh. Okay. So to remind everybody, 
I'm going to, this is a shorter show. We're at 47 minutes instead of the usual. So this actually went a little bit longer than I thought. So I'm going to have to uh, pare it down a little bit. Um, I'm going to be doing these throughout the uh, uh, Thanksgiving break for the rest of the world. That doesn't really mean anything except, you know, the United States. Um, but just be aware, it's like, you know, the holidays here in the, in the States, uh, doing a lot of family stuff. So these are going to, these have got to be a little bit shorter. Um, also I'm going to be, uh, I, I, it's going to be hit or miss as to whether I'm going to be able to do any of these things over Christmas just because of where I'm going to be. So again, please, consistency is important in timing when it comes to podcasts or, or any kind of content production. And you miss a few. And next thing you know, people are like, Oh God, you're not even loyal to us. Why the hell should we be loyal to you? Just please spare me, spare my poor soul. If for whatever reason, I just don't get to, to give you guys content over the Christmas break, because it's really important to me to be with my family to, and, and to be in the place that we're going to be. Um, it's absolutely, it's, it's lovely. What, what else can I say? Um, with that said, if you can, uh, I'd appreciate some reviews on, uh, Apple iTunes on the podcast, click, share, love, like, uh, beat somebody over the head with a link, uh, shill all my ref links and do all that stuff because it does actually help. Um, and I, I do value your time. So if you go and do that and, and some people have, they've taken time out of their damn day to go help me help this show. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. It does mean a lot to me. Um, knowing that you guys are listening, uh, that I, you know, that, that you tune in. I mean, there's, there's something really special about that and I appreciate it. And I just hope that you would at least get something out of this insofar that I can read you some of the news so that you can at least know what the hell's going on while you're driving to work and not kill yourself because you're looking at your phone or taking up work time because you're looking at your screen, trying to get the news. That's one of the reasons why I do this. I do want the show to change in the future, but I'm always going to try to give you the news in the morning. That's what I do. Love you guys. Have a great Thanksgiving week. If you're not in the United States, I don't know. Pour one out for the homies. I'll see you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin and, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.